drops the ball. Pigs have flown. Hell is frozen over. The Saints are on their way to the Super Bowl. What is good, Huda Nation and Huda family? Welcome into another episode here at Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ross Jackson here at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A on Twitter, editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com and your host covering your New Orleans Saints every single Monday through Friday. Today's episode, we're going to talk a bit about the NFL and the NFLPA who have reportedly agreed on a start date for camp on July 28th, as many of us expected. We'll talk about all of the news around this, including some cancellations and one Saints player that remains cautious about the league's return and why. Then many of you have asked me to talk about Marcus Williams. So let's do it. We'll talk about why Marcus Williams doesn't deserve the hate that he gets. Then we'll do a quick throwback Thursday to the bad years of Saints defense to help put all of this in perspective. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. A lot of good news centering around and pointing towards the beginning of the NFL season, but one New Orleans Saint remains reserved. That's our New Orleans Saints lead story of the day today with Ross Jackson of Locked on Saints. So let's start off with the CBS Sports report that the NFLPA and the NFL have agreed to a date to start off training camp potential shortened offseason expected. This also comes from Ian Rappaport and others who have also corroborated the reports here that the NFL and NFLPA at least have come to an agreement that training camp will begin on July 28th. Now, that's not a surprise. That's something that we've sort of expected over the past few weeks that that would be the beginning date. But some other adjustments have been made, including the first ever in terms of NFL offseason and NFL season, the first cancellation of the NFL calendar. Not a huge deal. The Hall of Fame game that was set to be played August 6th between the Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers has officially been canceled. That's going to allow those two teams, instead of having to report to camp early on July 22nd, they can now wait until July 28th to report with the rest of the NFL. So this is actually some pretty good news, and it just gives the NFL and this team a little bit more time to get prepared for the upcoming season. Now, that may not be the only cancellation that we see, and no, I'm not talking about any cancellations within the regular season. I'm simply talking about the first two preseason games, which have been open conversation for the last couple of weeks, and potentially last couple of months, actually, in regards to whether or not they should cancel and only play two preseason games. What does this do? It gives teams a little bit more time, an additional pair of weeks or an additional three weeks in some cases to continue to get prepared and uh, get an idea of their team. Because remember, these are teams that have missed out on multiple weeks of OTAs, missed out on mini camps, mandatory and optional voluntary, as well as rookie mini camps. So, I mean, each NFL team could use another few weeks to take a look over their team and their roster build and figure out what they have before jumping into some exhibition play. And then they would have two weeks of exhibition play, which isn't the ideal situation for players that are playing for a job and that are already near the bottom of the roster, trying to put something on film either for the club that they're in competition with during the preseason or for other clubs that might just catch on to their tape and potentially could catch on to after roster cuts. So not an ideal situation for the players, but a very good situation for teams who need those extra couple of weeks to get ready and an ideal situation for the NFL who could use those extra couple of weeks to also continue to refine their game day protocols before allowing fans in the stands and the large gathering, even just team to team, which already you're walking in 53 players and large 
large coaching staffs. And it's exactly that type of verbiage that Malcolm Jenkins used on CNN this morning when he was talking about why he is a little bit reserved in terms of going back to the NFL game. Jenkins, who is now a contributor over at CNN, joined John Berman this morning, Thursday morning, to talk a little bit about the return of the NFL. And one of the quotes that people are pulling from his interview is, so the risk has to be eliminated before we, before I, would feel comfortable going back. And this is not a misleading comment. This is not a misleading quote that's being pulled from his interview or anything like that. But I want to specifically focus on the idea that the uh, that the risk has to be eliminated. And I think that what a lot of people hear when they hear that is that the virus has to be eradicated before Malcolm Jenkins is able to return. And certainly I can't put any words in his mouth, but from the other context around the conversation that he had, he also highlighted things like protocols, safety procedures, testing, things of that nature that would have to be put into place before he would feel comfortable going back to the NFL. And I love the fact that he started off by saying before we, and then shifted his language. No, it's really a me thing before I feel comfortable going back. And, and, Look, Malcolm Jenkins is a huge leader for the NFL. He's a huge leader for the NFLPA. He's a big-time leader, of course, for New Orleans. He's calling in from Philadelphia, where he's a big-time community leader as well. So it shouldn't surprise you to hear Malcolm Jenkins be one of the guys that's willing to speak up and say, hey, some of these things have to be put in place before we are willing to really get back out there and get started. Now, the good news about this, and the reason why I bring this up is because it kind of sets the stage for what Adam Schefter discussed on his podcast earlier this week, he said that he had gotten a text from a person that's very connected and very knowledgeable within the NFL that said, the NFL is going to play, Adam. I'm very certain of it. Have faith in the league. The process and testing uh, protocols are exceptional. You should hear how much is being done, daily saliva tests and PCR tests every three days, sanitizing everything, including the footballs. You can't believe all that's being done and prepared. So if Malcolm Jenkins' concerns come down to protocols, safety measures, testing. It seems like the NFL is well on its way to developing a system within that that's only going to get better if they get the additional time of the additional two weeks within the preseason and help these players feel more comfortable returning to the NFL in 2020. It is also worth mentioning, too, that a a good portion of this conversation did sit around the idea of the NFL sort of playing in a bubble like the NBA, which simply doesn't work. You've got over 2,000 players within the NFL, plus the coaching staffs, as we referenced earlier. So that was a part of the framework of this conversation, too, about that not being the best idea in terms of uh, getting the NFL started, but still uh, some good conversation there about what it is that needs to happen before players feel comfortable returning to the NFL. And it sounds like the league, the the senior executives, the folks that are in charge are trying to make those decisions, especially the medical staff as well, are trying to make the decisions to make everyone as comfortable as possible to get started with this year's NFL season. So let's get started next on our look. We'll go from Malcolm Jenkins, safety Malcolm Jenkins, to safety Marcus Williams. Talk a bit about Marcus Williams and why he doesn't deserve the hate that so many people want to give him. And then we'll take a look back on our throwback throwback Thursday, excuse me, segment about, uh, you know, when the days weren't so good when it came to the Saints passing defense in particular. We got that coming up for you soon here on Locked on Saints, your team every day. But before we get there, I want to tell you about my good friends over at Rock Auto. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com, a 
family-owned business that's been helping people online for 20 years. Y'all know my personal story. Uh, you've heard Matt Moscona talk about it a bit as well. You know, somebody stole the tailgate off of my truck and thanks to Rock Auto, I've been able to order all the parts. I'm just waiting for everything. I had to order a couple new things as well, but I'm excited because I'm going to be able to repair it myself, which is something that I've really never done before. I replaced a window regulator once and that went well. So maybe that's what's given me the confidence to go for something that's maybe non-essential to my drivetrain, but I'm excited to be able to do something like this. And so uh, rockauto.com absolutely helped me out doing it and helped me save some money doing it in the process because they've got fantastic prices. You can sort everything down to the make and model and the price that you want to pay. Everything that you need is going to be there. Uh, and the best part about it is if you're a professional or you're a do-it-yourself or you're going to pay the same price, it doesn't matter. So go and check them out over at rockauto.com. Be sure when you're in checkout to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts that you'll ever need for your vehicle at rockauto.com. All right, Huda Nation, I'm excited about this segment because y'all have been asking me for a little bit to talk a little bit more about Marcus Williams, as I like to call him, Free Safety One. Uh, and I, I'm excited to get into this. So we'll talk about this first. We'll talk about Marcus Williams uh, and the hate that he gets versus what he actually deserves. And then we'll talk a bit about uh, the the the. I don't want to call them the glory days, the, the less than glory days, 2014 through 2016, just to kind of help put Marcus Williams play in perspective, if, if that makes sense. So let's start off first with uh, Marcus Williams here. And let me be very, very clear to start. There are instances in which Marcus Williams deserves the hate that he is being given. I don't even want to say hate. He deserves to be criticized. His tackling uh, many times has been atrocious. We've seen it in the San Francisco game last year. We saw it in, uh, of course, the Minneapolis Miracle, all those times. So let's not pretend like Marcus Williams is is not without fault. And that's not the argument that I'm trying to make here. The argument that I am willing to make, though, is that Marcus Williams doesn't deserve all of the hate that he gets. He gets so much hate that he should go ahead and take over he hate me's jersey and, and wear it on, on game days because he gets a ton of hate amongst Saints fans who just completely dislike him. People talking about trading him, people talking about just plain cutting him before this season, especially after Malcolm Jenkins was signed. But here's the thing. There's nobody else on this Saints defense with the elite skill set that Marcus Williams had. And yes, has. And yes, I did say elite. And I'm not afraid of it because he is an elite deep defender. You can look at and, and here's the big thing about him. Here's what people are missing when it comes to Marcus Williams. And it's because of the broadcast view. Y'all have heard me complain about this over and over and over again, but I will do it again. The broadcast view in the NFL does a disservice to deep safety play. You can't see them making plays. You can't see the types of plays that they make. The only time that you ever really see a safety always comes down to one of them maybe four times at max a safety is targeted in primary coverage in the NFL, unless they're a box safety. So I'm specifically talking about deep safety play. Marcus Williams, according to Pro Football Focus, and look, Pro Football Focus has a lot of things not well. They do a lot of things well. Coverage, they do very well was targeted in primary coverage. This is important because we're going to talk about two different things here. It was targeted in primary coverage at most four times in one single game in 2020. And that was the game against Chicago in which he allowed three catches for 19 yards. So let's not get too crazy about Marcus Williams giving up these huge plays. And, and, and we have another sort of metric to weigh this by that's not pro football focus related, but that's Nick Underhill related. And so we'll talk about that in a second. But I just want to put in people's sort of radar, Marcus Williams played 685 coverage snaps just in coverage. He played over a thousand snaps total, but he played 685 coverage snaps in 2000 and uh, 19 and was targeted 12 times. 
Okay, so that's that's the big thing when it comes down to how often these guys are out on that field. I'm sorry, he wasn't targeted 12 times. He gave up 12 catches. That's the more important part. He gave up 12 catches in 685 coverage snaps in primary coverage. That's how little we really get to see deep safeties play because a good deep safety like Marcus Williams doesn't get the ball thrown in his direction. And it's not that people are afraid to throw at him. It's just simply that he's in coverage and he's forcing the quarterback to look elsewhere and progress further into his reads, which gives the defensive line time to get sacks. Let's not pretend that all 51 of the Saints sacks this season didn't come without help from coverage. And let's not pretend like Marcus Williams wasn't a big part of that. So that's a little bit just in terms of what we don't get to see Marcus Williams do that he does very, very well, which is he plays very well in coverage and forces the quarterback to look elsewhere, progress further down his reads, and spend more time with the ball in his hand. That's something that I want to make sure that we point out. Now, let's take a look at the big plays that the Saints gave up in 2019 and figure out how many of these Marcus Williams was responsible for. Big shout out to Nick Underhill over at NewOrleans.Football, who essentially did the work for us, as he so often does. So we'll talk a little bit about it. I'm going to still make sure that you go and read the article. NewOrleans.Football, make sure you check it out. But we'll talk about a couple of plays here that Marcus Williams was responsible for and how often he was responsible for big plays by the other team in which the ball and on a passing play traveled more than 20 yards through the air. He found 20 of these plays in 2019. Marcus Williams either partially or fully responsible for one, two, three, four. That's it. He talked about four different plays. Two of them were over 50 yards. Yes, you can't uh, you can't deny that. One of which was a bad angle for 54 yards that was in a pass play to DK Metcalf in week three. He could have taken, he took a very, uh, a very shallow angle to the ball. If he would have taken a greater angle to the ball, he probably could have broken it up, probably could have intercepted it, or maybe could have intercepted it, but he could have been in position to make a better play on the ball, but he wasn't the guy in primary coverage there. He was just the guy that was the safety that ended up trying to make a play on the ball, which with Marcus Williams' range, he's able to do. So let's not pretend like just because he made a bad play on the ball or took a bad angle to make a play on the ball, that him getting in position to make the play in the first place isn't impressive enough because it is. And a lot of safeties in the NFL couldn't have even gotten in position to make that play. Now, another one that's completely inexcusable and that I'm more than happy to talk about was a 75-yard pass to Emmanuel Sanders that just embarrassed the entire Saints secondary. But you'll notice that we just talked about a play from week three, and now I'm talking about a play from week four. 14. That's the gap in between the two times or in between the times that Marcus Williams was, was responsible for these deep plays in which the ball traveled more than 20 yards through the air. Now, it's not a 20-yard play, just simply times where it's a 20-yard play, 20-plus-yard play in which balls traveled more than 20 yards down the field. So that's the gap right there. 11 games or 11 weeks, I should say, 10 games in between. So the 75-yard pass to Emmanuel Sanders, he got in position. He was there. He was ready. Von Bell got beat. He saw it. He got in position and then he just fell over. He just completely and inexplicably fell over. That's something that he deserves criticism for because there was no reason for him to fall over. He just fell over. And so that's the type of thing that you can look at Marcus Williams and go bad play, right? You can look at the, the, the tackle that he wasn't able to make, um, at the goal line in that same game. You can look at the tackle with George Kittle later on in or the tackle, quote unquote. You can look at the Minneapolis miracle. You can look at those tackles. You can look at the times that he's whiffed. There's no question that he has to improve as a tackler. But the elite traits that he has in coverage 
should not allow him to take on all the hate that he takes on. And let's put it in further perspective. Let's look around the league at the top four paid safeties in the NFL. Kevin Byard, Tyron Matthew, Eddie Jackson, Earl Thomas. Not in that order, but that's the order that we're going to discuss them. I looked at them. Again, pro football focus is where we're going back to now. This is just looking at stats, how often they were in primary coverage versus how many catches they allowed. Marcus Williams allowed a 50% completion percentage in 2019, 139 yards, a single touchdown, and four interceptions. Now let's look at uh, Kevin Byard over in Tennessee. 304 yards allowed, four touchdowns allowed, and a 70.5% completion percentage allowed as well. Now he did have six interceptions, and that's great. But still, you look at everything else that he allowed, way over what Marcus Williams allowed in the 2019 season. Tyron Matthew, the honey badger himself, 66.7% completion percentage allowed in a horrid, absolutely horrid Kansas City secondary for the most part. 517 yards allowed. Just to refresh you, for Marcus Williams, that number is 139 yards. For Tyron Matthew, that number is 517. He also allowed two touchdowns, had four interceptions. So twice the amount of touchdowns, same in terms of interceptions. Eddie Jackson over in Chicago, 54.8% completion percentage allowed. That's very good. Two touchdowns, two interceptions. Okay, I guess, but 246 yards allowed. Again, over 100 yards more than Marcus Williams in 2019. The only safety out of this group of top four highest paid safeties in the NFL that allowed fewer yards and I think played better than Marcus Williams was Earl Thomas, ET3. 42.9% completion percentage, 87 yards allowed, one touchdown allowed, two interceptions, and a long of only 34 yards. And then my closing point here is to look at targets. Remember what I said earlier that you know a, a big part of being a good coverage safety and a good deep safety in the NFL is that you make the uh, the quarterback look elsewhere. Earl Thomas, again, 14 targets. He's the best one out of this group. Marcus Williams, 24 targets is all that he got. After that, these other guys, you look at uh, Eddie Jackson, 42 targets. Kevin Byard, 44 targets. Tyron Matthew, 96 targets in 2019. Marcus Williams makes you look the other way. It's that simple. And that is a huge part of his game that unfortunately people don't get to see because all that they see are the handful of bad plays that he's been a part of because those are the ones that get televised because broadcast view sucks and does a disservice to deep safety play. I will die on this hill. I will absolutely die on this hill. Marcus Williams is an elite deep safety. He's one of the best in the NFL. He is one of the best in the NFL. When you're talking about deep safeties, again, I'm not talking about box safeties. Talking about deep safety, talking about elite deep safety play, Marcus Williams is near the top of that list. And now, to put it in perspective, we'll talk about what you used to have to watch on Sunday game days. Got that coming up for you next year on Locked On Saints, your team every day. All right, Houdat Nation, had a lot of fun talking about Marcus Williams, but now let's put some things in perspective. And of course, this is Locked On Saints. If this is your first time finding the show, please take a moment to subscribe so you can catch up with us every single Monday through Friday, all the Saints news that you need, and some fun stuff like this. And I, I got to be honest with you, this is a little bit less fun because we're about to go back in time on this throwback Thursday to uh, some dark, dark times, 2014, 15, and 16. But I need y'all to understand the darkness so that you can understand the light, my friends, that is Marcus Williams. And, you know, in the last segment, we just talked about Marcus Williams and the good job that he does in terms of redirecting plays, redirecting quarterbacks, making quarterbacks go deeper into their progressions, things like that. In 2014, 15, and 16, there was no such thing. There was no such free safety that forced you to look away, that forced you to, uh, you know, that was in position. And let, let me be very clear about that. It's about being in position. It's not about your reputation, right? When we talk about like lockdown corners like Darrell Rivas that, uh, you know, deterred 
targets that deterred quarterbacks from throwing in his direction because they knew, okay, the left side of the field is locked down, ain't going that way, going to the right. It's not about that. It's just simply about being in position. It's the color flash idea that, nope, there's more black and gold over there than there is my team color, so I'm not doing it, right? It's about being in position. Jairus Bird was never in position, and we we all know this. The one season that Jairus Bird spent and actually played uh, just about a full season was in 2016. And in 2016, the Saints defense was better than it was in 2015 to 2014. But again, not really much of a landmark there. Like looking that back at the 2014, 15, and 16 years, 2014 featured uh, 10 plus plays over 40 yards, 56, I'm sorry, 54 plays over 20 yards and seven total touchdowns as a result of those plays. 2015, 64 plays over 20 yards at an average of 33.7, by the way. So on average, this team over those 64 plays was given up over 33 yards uh, per play in those 64 plays, but also had 17 plays allowed over 40 yards. That's wild. And 12 of those total plays resulting in touchdowns. 2016, only 48, a modest, only 48 plays allowed over 20 yards. That's better than the Saints in 2019, actually, who allowed 54 plays over 20 yards, but they also allowed nine plays over 40 and 11 touchdowns in those 48 total plays. For the Saints in 2019, they had uh, they had only nine touchdowns as a result of those 54 plays over 20 yards. So the Saints 2019 defense clearly better in every way than these defenses. And a big part of that is who remains in the secondary or who inhabits the secondary. Now, at this point, we're talking about the full secondary and not just Marcus Williams, right? Talking about Marcus Williams individually is one thing, but talking about, you know, these plays that were allowed over 50 plus, I'm sorry, over 20 plus yards, over 40 plus yards, those sometimes begin at the line of scrimmage, right? In terms of passing plays that are a screen play that goes for 23 yards. Marcus Williams doesn't have anything to do with that because he's 23 yards down the field from where that screenplay begins and where that screenplay starts. So certain things that we have to consider there as well that we're talking about the full secondary at this place. But let's not forget that we sat through years, 2014, 15, and 16 with guys like Jairus Bird, with Raphael Bush, with Kenny Vaccaro, with Jamarco Sanford, with um, Marcus Ball. I mean, like these guys that just were not the ones that you wanted to rely on in the deep coverage portion of the field. Kenny Vaccaro was a very good safety, and he still is in Tennessee, but he's a little bit more of a box safety, so he's a little bit excluded from this conversation. But this guy, Jairus Bird, who the Saints signed, and you can blame it on the back injuries. You can put it on whatever it is that you want to put it on. But the Saints and Saints fans were very excited about this quote-unquote revamped new defense going into 2014 year that featured these guys alongside guys like Keenan Lewis and alongside corners like Patrick Robinson and, you know, third safety sets, three safety sets, and the third safety was Raphael Bush, all this. Everybody was very excited at this time. But unfortunately, over those years, it ain't really work out for him. And it was just as much the performance on the field as it was the bad coaching and things like that that were also a big part of it. But when you look at what the Saints defense has done and what the Saints defense has become under Dennis Allen and with the present personnel intact, uh, 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 Marshawn Lattimore, you look at Marcus Williams, who both came in in 2017 and have been a big part of this team and the sort of changing of the culture along the Saints defense, a much better defense and a defense that steadily improves over the season. Again, we were just talking about how in 2019, the gap between the plays for which Marcus Williams was either partially responsible or entirely responsible for plays that traveled more than 20 yards down the field with the ball traveling more than 20 yards in the air, the gap was between weeks three and 14. That was not the case in 2014, 15, 16, where we were expecting a big 40-yard play every single week. And we were getting them 
every single week. Again, 64 plays over 20 yards in 2015, including 17 that went over 40. So I guess my point in looking back at all this is that it's not just as simple as saying, hey, Marcus Williams missed a couple of key tackles and doesn't show up in crucial moments. And there's a couple, and there's certainly examples of that. There are certainly examples of him not showing up in crucial moments. Week 14, 75 yard pass to Emmanuel Sanders, right? All the other plays we've already discussed. But when you look at what he does in the greater amount and greater percentage of his time, and I would dare say nearly 90% of the time, this guy is the highest graded defender by Pro Football Focus since 2017 when he came into the league. He has the, he's the interception leader for the Saints since he came into the league. He's the guy that gets you turnovers for the Saints defense. Jairus Bird, over his entire time with the New Orleans Saints, he had that one two interception game in 2000 and what was that, 2016, if I remember correctly, which was near like the very end of the season and kind of way too late to be showing up. Then he had one interception in 2015. Sorry, I'm scrolling through these kind of live and in time. And then he had Oh, exactly zero interceptions in 2014 because he was only available for four games, weeks one through four, and then he was injured now for the rest of the season. Marcus Williams had more interceptions last year than Jarrett Bird had his three entire seasons in New Orleans. Three entire seasons in New Orleans. Marcus Williams does not deserve the hate that he gets. And if you take the time to look back, you know, take the, take the journey in the way, way back machine, look at 2014, 15, and 16, it kind of shows you what the transition that took place once you actually got a very reliable, or let me not say very reliable, but a reliable deep safety in New Orleans. Now, could it be that we came out of the 2014, 15, and 16 years and will now just take anything better than that as great? Sure. Sure. Maybe he just looks better because of those seasons, but even still, he has elite traits and he has elite ability, and we've seen it. This is now gone from being a throwback Thursday to going back into me dying on this hill of Marcus Williams. So I think I'm going to stop us here before I spiral, spiral, spiral downward further and further into the Marcus Williams is not to be hated rabbit hole. But I think y'all get the point. I think y'all get the point. So this was a lot of fun. I, I always enjoy when we get to do fun stuff like this. So thank you to those of you who asked me to uh, really go in about the Marcus Williams thing. But I hope that this does actually shed some light as well as just being fun, right? I hope this also sheds some light in terms of what Marcus Williams has been able to provide since joining this team and sort of helping with that cultural shift along the defense. So all right, y'all, that's going to do it for today's episode. A very fun one. I hope that y'all enjoy. We're done with that throwback Thursday here tomorrow, Facebook Friday. So make sure y'all come hard with those questions over at the Locked on Saints Facebook group. You want to be a part of that. If you're not already, join at facebook.com slash group slash Locked on Saints so that you can get your questions answered here on the show. That'll be tomorrow, as well as keeping up with all the news centering around the New Orleans Saints and the NFL as they get closer and closer to opening up. That's going to do it for today, y'all. Thank you very much, as always, for making me a part of your day and for coming through. Once again, I'm Ross Jackson. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the show. And if you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe. Drop that five-star rating and review. I thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family. This has been Locked on Saints and Trust Who That Nation. I'll holla at you.